Look, at Hardee's, we think that if you're hungry and you have five bucks, you deserve a satisfying meal. Like one of our new $5 all-star meals, loaded with American classics like a charbroil double cheeseburger, hot dog, fries, drink, even a warm cookie. But hey, if that's not your thing, you can always break out your degree in menu engineering, piece something together from the other guy's value menu, or just swing by Hardee's and get yourself a real meal. The $5 all-star meals. There's no better way to spend five bucks. Price of participation may vary. Price is higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Tax not included. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Our Lives with Shannon Fisher. This is your host, Shannon Fisher, on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and we are kicking off the fall 2017 season tonight. I've got a great guest. His name is Bob Brody, and he's an essayist in New York City, and he's written a memoir called Playing Catch with Strangers, A Family Guy Reluctantly Comes of Age. And it's it's filled with essays that are vignettes from his life and talk about the human relationships that he's had from his family of origin and the family he created and other people he's met along the way. So it offers some some really universal themes. It's a fantastic book, and I can't wait for you guys to, 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 to listen to us discuss it tonight. So without further ado, welcome, Bob. Uh, thank you, Shannon. I'm happy to be with you. I am excited to have you. This is uh, yeah, Pam Stack, the uh, the owner of the network, recommended this book to me, and she said I I really think you would enjoy it, and I and I know that you've you've been on her show, and 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 after reading it, I just thought this is something that it it it, it fits so many different models of what a book can be and what storytelling can be. So, what made you first decide that you wanted to to write these personal essays about your family? Well, I guess I I do go go by the belief that you should write about what you know or what you feel most strongly about and what's closest to your heart and mm-hmm. thing is closer to me than my family, whether it's my parents or my children or my wife uh or my uncles and cousins and so on. Um and so um it just seemed to me a natural a natural fit. Sure, sure, and it's uh, what I love so much is that the, the you talk a lot about basic human needs and and having your your needs met, your emotional needs met. Uh, some of the, some of them were met, and some of them weren't met as you were growing up. And then you talk about meeting those needs for other people and and striving to to meet those needs. So when you you grew up with a deaf mother and a father who was extremely hard of hearing. And I find it fascinating that from those communication difficulties, you ended up in the field of communication. So tell me a little bit about when you were a child and and, and when you you were struggling to kind of translate for your mother, what then made you want to get into communication as a profession? Yes, well, I... Talking with my mother early on was a difficult process for her and for me. We had trouble understanding each other. And uh, so I, my mother would read my lips. Uh, she never taught me sign language nor asked me to learn it. She was raised in a tradition where sign language was, believe it or not, kind of forbidden. It was believed that deaf people um, in this school of thought should learn to function the same as hearing people and without having to rely on sign language. And so um, my mother and I 
uh, talk to each other as you would as you would talk to anybody else, and it was extremely trying. She would uh, have trouble following me, and I would have to repeat what I said, and I would have to learn as I went along as a as a young boy to just be very accurate with my words, to move my lips enough, to speak slowly enough, um, to speak in short sentences. I really learned. Uh, the basics of communication from trying to talk with my mother and and then later with my father as well I mean if you're talking to a deaf person um, you you need to on the whole I think if you're a hearing person keep it as simple and as clear and as concise as you possibly can and so um, my theory, anyway, is that it really had a lot to do with making me want to become a writer. I came to see the value of words, the importance of words, the importance of choosing the right words and putting the words in the right order and saying exactly what it is you want to say because the truth is I was trying to talk to my mother, and that is uh, just the most elementary connection any of us ever have so um definitely, so i think definitely it's very much that uh that that experience that um uh that 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 kind of uh turned me into a writer well and that makes perfect sense because most children as they're growing up they're they're learning to speak and they're learning to write but they are not taught to put such emphasis on doing it correctly and and making your lips readable and and completely communicating and making sure that someone can understand you. That's not the focus of communication for most children. So it would make sense that when you were focusing on words and how to develop your sentences and and the to share the thoughts that you were having and the emotions that you were having even when you were too young to necessarily know the correct words for them um to have to to learn to express them that is and so so as you got older and you were in control of the the words that you were writing and the topics that you were writing you you ended up writing for a newspaper and you you ended up in the public relations business but you always did some very personal writing on the side so tell me what the what the personal writing what did that fill with you uh, that uh, that perhaps working in a more commercial industry and writing didn't well i mean what i think I'm. I guess you could call me a, uh, for lack of a better term, and um, I say this with all due humility um, because it's deserved. I, I am sort of what you might consider a failed novelist. I, 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 I tried a novel when I was in my 30s, and then I tried another one, another one when I was in my 40s, and I and uh, they went uh, unpublished. And so I needed to keep writing, and I needed to find a genre that um, would suit me, and also uh, a a way of writing so that it was practical, so that I did not have to devote two years or five years to a project, something that uh, I I could do something that maybe I could uh, handle in a weekend or a couple of weeks. And so I I turned to personal essays, and it really happened after after I passed the age of 50. I just realized that I was old enough to have a past, and I also 
um, was old enough to have sort of figured out what it is I wanted to say about my life and wanted to try to figure it out and um, may even have an idea of how to say what I needed to say. And so I started writing personal essays, writing about my mother, writing about my father, writing about um, my children, and everything that uh, is dearest to me, everything that, that matters the most. And uh, it was all a process of, of trying to figure it out, but I tried to be very selective and write about something that I thought I had come to understand a little. And uh, in in the belief that if it if it mattered a lot to me, then maybe there's an off chance that it would matter to somebody else too. Most definitely, and your your essays are they are very introspective. But the the that introspection is it's very universal in human existence. And so the 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 insecurities that you feel and the things that you're proud of and the the different relationships that you have that 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 are broken and that last those are all things that humans go through. And the the way you write it is is so raw. And and when you're reading it, it it feels like you're it's just a little vignette telling a little story and yet you can tell exactly how you are feeling um uh, about a certain thing or how you were feeling at the time if you're describing an event and you said that you that you have this hope that you also want to write an essay about strangers that you interact with i mean this this book is called playing catch with strangers and it it talks about your personal relationships and relationships with those whom, with whom you don't know very well. Uh, what what makes you want to continue writing in the future about people with whom you interact uh, that you don't have a really strong personal connection with yet? Well, I mean, you come across people and you start talking with people or you overhear something that somebody says or you observe something when you're in the Dunkin' Donuts in the morning and so it gets you started. I mean, just recently, and this is not in the book, um, I overheard somebody talking in a Dunkin' Donuts, and um, just he, he, he happened to mention that it was Mother's Day, and he was going to visit his mother in the cemetery, and he was going to leave flowers for her. And I was just struck by the sentiment, and then I overheard the same person the next day or another day saying, something to the effect that I hope I hit lotto because then I can give more money away. And I really came to wonder who is this guy and what's he all about and started talking to him and learned that he was a doorman in uh, here in Queens for more than 40 years, befriended a tenant in the building, did her all kinds of favors, took her to doctor's appointments when she was ailing, uh, so much so that she really valued his friendship. And after she died, she left him a fortune. And after she left him a fortune, he started giving the money away. He would meet priests from third world countries who were running orphanages, and he would just hand them cash. And at a certain point, I just said to him, and this was the guy I hardly knew. I had just uh, come to know him by chance. Um, I just said to him, I really would love to write your story. I'll protect your identity if you want to remain anonymous. But this is a 
story that deserves to be told. And so I wrote a piece for the New York Daily News called The Secret Santa Claus of Forest Hills, um, all about him. And this was somebody who started as a complete stranger. That is fascinating. And it really is everyone has a story. And you, you, you don't think about the fact that you're standing next to the person in line at a, a coffee shop or at the grocery store and that there's there's such a depth to the experiences that they have had that could, could really move people. And I think that's one of the gifts of, of being a writer uh, is that you, you have the, the vehicle to share that. Uh, we have a lot of, of aspiring authors who listen to our shows. Do you have any advice for those writers uh, on the writing craft and how to tell a story to get the humanity across? Because that is that's a that's a very deep talent of yours. That's a tough call. I mean, I try to do in my job a little teaching about writing, but. It's it's hard to know. I, I think I think if you have the right instincts, if you're if you care above all about the truth, then you'll figure out how to do it. I, I think if you're going to write something that's personal, you you just have to be you just have to choose what what matters the most to you and. Um, uh, and and be honest with yourself. One of my friends, a longtime friend, paid me the highest, um, uh, just about the highest compliment I can imagine recently. He said, "You you reveal more about yourself than most people would." And I know he's speaking personally because he tends to be kind of a close to the vest sort of guy. Um, I mean, I've gotten to know him well, but uh, he's told me stuff he would never tell anybody else, and so. To me, that was that was a high compliment. I mean, I guess the best advice I can give is that if you really mean it and if you really care about what you're doing, you'll keep at it. Uh, if I've learned anything at all, and um, and I think I've, I'd like to think I've learned a little. It's that um, you, you just you just have to persist, and by that I mean. If you write something and 10 publications turn it down, there may be an 11th that says yes, and I've run into that. I mean, I just Mm -hmm. recently had a piece published in the Wall Street Journal, and people congratulated me about it. And then a few people I know and respect a lot, I just happened to send them a list of all the places that had turned down this essay before the Wall Street Journal accepted it. And it was... It was really a long list, so um, it. So it, I mean, it resonated with the editor at the Wall Street Journal in a way that uh, that that made him or her want to publish it, and uh, it, it's amazing what resonates with with different people. Uh, you know, because your experiences. Uh, largely, the book is largely in New York City, and so you're talking about in different boroughs of the city and and different things that happen, and you you can feel New York City while you're reading it. And I I guess maybe if you haven't been to New York City, it wouldn't be that recognizable. But someone who's spent a fair amount of time there, you can you can envision yourself uh, through the words that you use and the phrasing that you use actually being in New York. And so that, that storytelling ability and that which resonated with you, 
I think you're right. I think people can sense passion and they can sense authenticity and um and they just have to I mean you've you know you had your two novels that you wrote that haven't yet been published and here you are with your with your memoir that's being you know widely praised and extremely successful uh and you you have more essays that you want to write. So what is your what is your plan moving forward for more personal essays? Well, I'm still at it. I'm still writing pieces about uh, my family. I'm still writing pieces about um, other matters of importance to me, such as playground pickup basketball. And um, and I, I do have plans to write three more books, believe it or not. Um, I would like to try to do those three books. One would be based on a blog that I created called Letters to My Kids. It was it consisted largely of journal entries that I had written for my kids and um, and um, uh, and uh, reminiscences about their upbringing and my life. Um, I, I gave them both uh, both our son and daughter journals that I had written for them um, on Christmas for two years in a row, and um, along the way, I had um, also collected guest columns from people writing letters to their own children. In some cases, it was a letter to a child um, <clears throat> that they hoped to have someday. In one case, it was a child who had died. Um, in another case, and I'm just bringing out dramatic instances, it was, uh, it was an instance where a mother had almost accidentally killed her own child by falling down the stairs. Um, they're just they're just really powerful letters that uh, these people wrote, and so I'd I'd like to try to kind of repackage that blog as a book to be called Letters to My Kids, and that's one idea. The second idea is a memoir about my parents, honoring my parents, honoring their memory, um, uh, focusing on the struggle that they went through uh, being deaf and um, how each took a different approach and how my father um, largely succeeded in a lot of ways and uh, my mother uh, ran into a lot of challenges along the way. And then just finally, um, and I know I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but I, I would like to write about my experiences uh, for the last 26 years in, in public relations. Oh, great. So, so that's not a topic that we touch on very often on Authors on the Air. We we talk very much about about book writing and sometimes journalism, but public relations is an extremely creative field with uh, copywriting and creating collateral material and and so much for clients. How what what do you feel um, is is makes a strong public relations executive writer creative person? It does. Um, I mean, public relations, in in my opinion, uh, calls for the best kind of writing. So if you can write, I think that's an invaluable skill. And some of the best PR people I know are are good writers at the same time. Um, I mean, you do uh, have to recognize at a certain point that you're doing this on behalf of clients. You also have to recognize that you're uh, working with a team, with an account team, with a client, and so the idea of having absolute editorial independence is uh, pretty much out the window, and that's fine. You you get adjusted to it, and you do what you can in 
the service of the client, but I've just found it a really um, valuable experience to work in public relations. I mean, first I've gotten to know terrific clients and colleagues and uh, also gotten to know people who were accomplishing a lot of great stuff and doing all kinds of important public awareness campaigns. Um, I mean, in the course of my career, I've gotten to work with uh, corporations and federal agencies that are doing great work for whether it's for healthcare or or other fields, and um, and so um, I mean I think public relations gets a bad rap. I, I did write a piece just recently about how uh, as a boy I delivered newspapers. I was 12 years old and I would get on my bike and I would deliver newspapers around the neighborhood, flipping the newspaper onto somebody's doorstep or close to it. And um, then I just realized that in public relations, I'm doing pretty much the same thing. I'm still delivering the news. We hear the news before other people do, and so we get to deliver it uh, the same way I did as a, as a kid. And that's um, that's part of the excitement of the field. I'm not sure if Absolutely. I quite answered the question, but I, I took a tr- I took a crack at it. No, you did. You did. And I and and I think that that's uh people don't think about the storytelling aspect of public relations because you were providing uh the the press and the public with information about stories that are happening. And and these as you said, they're clients, they're uh, probably less personal than uh, than what you would write in uh, a, a novel or, or certainly in personal essays, but it's it's telling stories that um, a, a lot of them that matter and and a lot of them that inform. And I think that's I've, I've been in PR for for decades myself, and so it's 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 interesting to see the to see how these walls are kind of sometimes. Um, you, you can really switch back and forth from from one creative realm to another in writing, uh, and and if you've got the writing talent, you can you can be successful in in a lot of different areas. Now, as far as the the personal essays, you really describe your emotions well, and it's clear that in writing these, you were very introspective. Um, and also that you really looked into the humanity of your parents and your wife and your children and your your mother-in-law and and friends and and you really assessed them from an empathetic perspective that I think a lot of people don't have the ability to do. Uh, were you empathetic as a child, or is this something that the, the introspection that developed later in life what was that process like for you to be able to come so open i you know i'm i'm so glad you asked that because it's such an interesting question i think i really did develop empathy later in life i think early on i was uh selfish and perhaps even a little arrogant and thought the world revolved around me and it really took getting married and having children to turn me into a grown-up and make me realize the um, meaning of taking on responsibility and becoming a full-blown human being. Um, I think once you have children, or at least once I had children, I realized that there was more going on in the world than my life and that there were other lives that counted too and that I 
bore some responsibility for those lives. And so, um, and I, I think just generally as you get older, or at least as I got older, maybe this is true for most people, but not necessarily everybody, you just you just look to become more understanding. You look to be more accepting. You look to be more tolerant. And I'm sorry if that sounds corny, but... Um, no, it's true. It, it just it, it, it evolved organically with me. It's not as if I set out to become... Uh, Mahatma Gandhi or or a saint or anything like that. It, it's just that you realize, okay, maybe maybe I should stop pointing the finger at everybody else. Maybe I should stop saying that everybody else is at fault except me. Maybe I had something to do with it. Maybe other people had issues they were going through. And so I tell you, when you uh, get to that point where you are um, recognizing that um, that the world is about more than you, that's that's kind of a nice breakthrough. I mean, um, I know I'm using a psychiatric term, and I've never been in therapy, but um, if 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 that's what you come to understand, that's that's a big deal. It is, and it, and it also seems to have opened you up to to noticing the, the the depth of humanity in in other people, even people with whom you are not extremely close, like the uh, like the person that you were talking about who in, inherited the funds from the the woman in his building. It, when when you're self centered and you're kind of walking around the universe, uh, perhaps in a bit of a neurotic state and, and 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 analyzing yourself and what does this mean to me. You're not really open to all of those things, and when you open yourself, uh, it, it really opens up new worlds. And, and I think that's kind of the yeah, I mean, the title of your book, "Playing Catch with Strangers." It's uh, it, I think that absolutely sums up your your approach to to life. And and you you said to your wife, uh, you think that you could play catch with strangers every day, and and she said that she thought that you could and and that really struck me so what about interacting with people that you don't know especially on a sports field um what touches you well it's just a chance to be engaged in something that goes above and beyond you and it's a chance to connect with other people so if i I mean, it could happen in, in, in an elevator, and I see somebody who's uh, riding the elevator with me, and maybe she's looking at her phone, and I'll just say to her, and she's a, she'll be a complete stranger, I'll just say to her, how can we never talk anymore? And she just looks up at me, and she laughs because she has no idea who I am and why I would be saying something like that. But um, it maybe it maybe it strikes a nerve with her. Um, I mean, I, I just... It's 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 good to know that uh, that we're. I mean, it's just good to 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 know that we're all on the planet together. And again, I know that um, that sounds um, a little a little corny, but um, <clears throat> uh, but a lot of people don't to... look at it from that perspective. They, uh, I mean, they 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 know yes, we're all here together, but they a lot of people don't have that openness to 
to, to genuinely believe that we are all in this together and that it's not every man and woman for, for himself or herself. And, and you know, it, sometimes that comes with experience that causes hurt, kind of the, the broken open, and sometimes, uh, as you said, it comes with maturity and age and, and responsibility. Um, yeah, that's uh, – and so your, it, your essays that, you're write, that you have written for your children – um, tell me what you, you turned those into gifts that you gave to them. And so what is that content? What, what, what do you cover in, when you're essays to your kids, your letters to your children? Well, I mean, um, in the case of my son, for example, uh, he and I used to race all the time. And so naturally, because I was an adult and he was just a kid, I would win those races and – I, all along, I was just uh, wondering when and how soon he might uh, he might win a race against me, and I was hoping that it would that would that it would happen soon. And so I, I did I did write a piece about um, it was a journal entry, and then I, I published it later um, about how one day we were at the at um, at a park and we raced, and he just kind of blew my doors off and. All I could think to myself was that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, right. The kid is the up-and-comer, and the father is um, fading a little, perhaps. And so, um, and the same um, with my daughter. We, I guess, a lot of the uh, pieces that I wrote in those journals are, are connected with sports in one way or another. My daughter and I used to play tennis together, and I would marvel at how determined she was and how intent she was on getting to absolutely every shot and she even would press her lips together and just have this game face on and go after everything and I was so proud of her for doing that so I I recounted these experiences for them I also recounted the first the days that they were born uh, about my son kind of taking his time coming out of the womb uh, and leaving my wife in labor for many hours, 36 to be exact. And, oh, my um, <laughs> And I wrote about my daughter um, needing to be delivered by cesarean because she was kind of uh, tangled up in there uh, in what they call transverse breach. And so I wrote about the first days that they were born. Um, I wanted to make the pieces um, a lot about what I remembered um, in their upbringing, but also just to tell them what it was like for me as a kid, what it was like for me to go to school and dread going to school and taking tests and trying to listen to the teachers and focus on um, the lessons and um, just reveal something of, of my lives too. I just felt that preserving fa- personal family history in writing could be of benefit. And that was part of the purpose of my blog to try to urge people to do that parents grandparents uncles and aunts to just put something down and say this is how it was this is how i felt this is why it mattered this is what it meant to me um so that it can live on 
and 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 that is the family history because as as our ancestors pass away and and as each of us becomes the oldest generation that is alive uh everything that came before us unless we have it in in writing and in pictures is is only a memory and and a story you know an oral story told down through um through generations and so to to have that that they can then share with with their children is I think I think a lot more people really should and I think a lot of people if they stop to write it would perhaps become more introspective and more empathetic just by expressing their feelings because a, a, a lot of people who don't have a creative outlet often don't know how to process their emotions because they were never taught to and um, and, and writing is something that that you don't have to be talented and a professional writer in order to do these things in your own family. So I think you're setting a really good example for everybody out there to to share. And w- one thing that really struck me that you wrote about your daughter um, in, in Playing Catch with Strangers is when you discovered her immense talent and passion for performing. So to share that, that creative uh, process with her must have been something pretty special too. Yes. Uh, she's... Uh remarkable young woman she was <clears throat> on the i mean she she became uh, a singer early on and uh, was singing all the songs from the great disney musicals of the 1990s beauty and the beast and the little mermaid uh she would sing the songs again and again and beautifully too and uh, then she developed an interest in opera, and so my wife would take her for opera lessons, and she was very serious about it. And one day we were on a family vacation in uh, Martha's Vineyard visiting friends and on the beach, and uh, somehow it came up that my daughter loved to sing, and so our friends said, well, then let's hear you sing. And so my daughter not only was prepared to sing, but she actually found a, a boulder to climb onto so that she would have a proper stage. And I think she was, so I remember, something like 11 years old. And so she she sang. I think she sang Colors of the Wind. Maybe it was from the movie Pocahontas. And um, it was just a very a commanding performance. Um, and she's she she loved to sing for the longest time, and I loved listening to her sing. And um, all I ever wanted for my kids, uh, aside from being happy, is to just find something that they love and were committed to. And um, so for a long time, that's what she did. Sure, and 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 it sounds like you've really kind of provided them with. A, um, a foundation that perhaps you missed out on because of your communication issues and because of, of perhaps some some personal uh, failings from from your your family of origin from your parents that you you had some difficulty there and it seems that you've really taken care to to make sure that you are giving your children that which you did not receive uh, or, or at least to be aware of what you are giving and to to strive to be the best parent that you can be. It's true. I mean, it's really the biggest job any of us who have children are ever going to have to be a parent. Uh, It's it's, I'm hard-pressed to think of a bigger responsibility. And so um, I I took it seriously and, and tried to 
tried to do right by it. Uh, I wanted to make sure that my kids knew that um, they had my attention, that they had my affection, that they had my support. I was always encouraging them to do what they wanted and still do. Um, my daughter to this day um, is, is still doing remarkable stuff. As it happens, she switched from opera to cooking because uh, her grandmother uh, showed taught her a lot about cooking, and she was inspired by her example. And my wife has been a terrific cook in her own right. And so my daughter uh, started uh, getting very serious about cooking, and now uh, she's a chef in in Italy. That is amazing. Well, yes, the, the, the Italian is, is in their blood, so... <laughs> Right. <laughs> food, food is food is is very very central in in that culture. So it's it's a blessing that you had your um your your wife's family to to bring that to to your life. Um that's well we're we're running out of time. I I could talk to you for for another hour, but we're our show is winding down. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show tonight and and kicking off my fall season and and talking about this great book. Thank you, Shannon. This was fun. It was, it was, and for everyone out there, I've got a link where uh, to where you can purchase uh, his book online on the broadcast page. And if you're listening on a podcast site that doesn't have links, uh, the, the book again is called "Playing Catch with Strangers" by Bob Brody. And this is Shannon Fisher for Our Lives with Shannon Fisher. This is a copyrighted podcast for the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And thanks to you, Bob. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was a treat. Absolutely. Good night, everyone. Who is great? What does it take to even be considered great? At Biomat USA, we know that everyone has greatness inside of them because the plasma in your blood is exactly what doctors need to save lives. So the answer to the question, who is great, is simple. It's you. The second you walk through our door, and donate. Earn up to $325 per month when you donate at Biomat USA in Richmond on South Laburnum across from White Oak Shopping Center. Who is great? What does it take to even be considered great? At Biomat USA, we know that everyone has greatness inside of them because the plasma in your blood is exactly what doctors need to save lives. So the answer to the question, who is great, is simple. It's you the second you walk through our door and donate. Earn up to $325 per month when you donate at Biomat USA in Richmond on South Laburnum across from White Oak Shopping Center.